Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Hey everybody, welcome to the 2023 Alaska Watch Christmas special. Uh, we had such a good time with the the uh, Thanksgiving episode. Uh, we're going to stick with that format. We're going to do the same thing. I've got some members of the Boreal Bigfoot Research Group here waiting in the wings. Uh, they're going to come on and we're going to have a chat. I think we've got some more, hopefully, uh, in the wings getting ready to attend. But uh, right now I'm going to bring in uh, Jesse Desmond from Fairbanks. Hey. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Michael Thompson from Toke, Alaska. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, sir. And Jesse. Right. Yeah. So here we are. It's Christmas time. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I got, I got a lot of snow. Um, we cleared our deck off today because uh, we're, we're trying to keep it like at a manageable level where we don't have to like shovel like five feet of snow in, in spring. So we had about a foot out there and we went out and like took care of it. And holy cow, um, I did that. And then I immediately like came inside and took a nap and slept for like an hour and a half. I was done, but uh, I got my workout in for the day. So what have you guys been up to? Uh, we just got, we got about a foot of snow and then we got a little more today, but I, I don't know how much today. So it's been shoveling and trying not to get stuck in the in the work yard. <laughs> you know? uh, our plow is yeah. kind of out. <laughs> we were about five inches. I had to plow the driveway, hook up the plow. And I have kind of like a lay down yard where I cut wood and things like that. So I had to plow that out and then access for the fuel delivery guy and our garbage guy. So I spent yeah. an afternoon plowing. We've been getting um, warm, you know, it'll it'll snow and then it'll warm up and it snowed, I don't know, a few inches yesterday and then it got um, up to like 32 and, and it started raining. And of course, you know, our plow guy came and, and did the uh, the driveway and then it started raining. So now there, there's no uh, traction. There's no like snow for traction and it's all like glare ice with like ice frozen on it and um i wish you know we live down here on the on the peninsula the kenai peninsula where it's like the banana belt you know where we get like warmer weather than you guys but i wish it would stay like 25 from like october to to like may 1st and then just get up to summer temperatures uh i hate i hate it it gets up in the 30s and it's just it's horrible it's horrible for the roads it's horrible just for everything because instead of snow it'll rain and it just wreaks havoc with everything yeah, we yeah I, almost, I, I mean i live like right above the office here and uh and so like the shop yard is also kind of my yard essentially <laughs> and it's sorry i'm right next to the dog door um <laughs> and so like i i almost got stuck a couple times yeah i we live at the bottom of a steep hill 
and we've been here long enough that we've kind of got to the point where we're like, we know if it gets to a certain point that we just don't even try to get out until like the city comes and, and plows. And that's kind of one of the things we learned over the years after, after getting stuck and having to get pulled out and having to have somebody come and, and rescue us. Uh, we kind of got to the point where we're like, we know when we can get out and when we can't. So we try and just, okay, we're going to have a day where everybody works from home, which I couldn't do when I worked at the police department. I'd have to basically walk out up to the street and have somebody from the police department come get me. <laughs> I'd be like, if you want me to come in, you got to come get me. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so we got Michael and Jesse here today. It's Christmas time. So I thought, you know, last time we did a Thanksgiving thing, we talked about what a Sasquatches eat. And I thought for maybe kind of a uh, Christmas theme, which we don't certainly don't have to stick to it. Uh, we can jump all over the place, but I thought we'd at least start out talking about gifting and, and, and Sasquatch and just like, what, what do you guys think about gifting? What, what does gifting entail? Uh, have you had any experiences with gifting, that kind of thing? And personally, I think a lot of gifting stories, um, which you guys know, I'm, I'm usually the skeptic of the group. I think a lot of them uh, are probably things like ravens, uh, mm -hmm. something like that. Cause you hear people saying like, Oh, I put out, I put this out or that out, it disappeared. And then there's these little stones or whatever, you know, these shiny rocks show up, you know, almost like payment. And I'm thinking like, if this is a, you know, seven or eight foot creature, why isn't it bringing you like a huge, <laughs> you know, like a huge shiny rock, you know, like a 60 pound shiny rock. Why is it like a little bitty pebble? Um, so those are some of my thoughts on it. I think, you know, ravens uh, get pretty savvy and they understand uh, the commerce in a way. Uh, I've heard of them like trading uh, treats for, for shiny rocks and stuff. And I think that's probably what, and not all, I'm not saying that every gifting situation is that. Uh, but I just see a lot of people that, that that show off their shiny rocks that they got from, from Bigfoot that are like this big. And, and I think in a lot of cases, those probably came from ravens. Uh, or maybe some other kind of bird. Or crows. Crows do that too. Yeah. There was, there was a girl in Seattle who uh, set up like a platform thing in her backyard and started becoming friends with the crows in her neighborhood and they would bring her stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Was, and again, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> if somebody can do that with, with a bird, I mean, it's not beyond the realm of possibility they could do it with a primate either. I mean, I think primates probably understand the concept and could be trained to trade uh, things for goods and services. Uh, what do you think, Michael, do you have any in your, in the Sasquatch tracker database, which is probably the best database of Alaska based cryptid sighting or Bigfoot sightings. Do you have anything that jumps out as a gifting uh, situation? Uh, not so much in the database, but personal experience from personal research. Um, several years ago, we, when the survival bracelets were very popular, the paracord mm -hmm. type, uh, <clears throat> we went to Michael's and Fairbanks and bought a sack of gold and silver beads. Uh, my kids made little bracelets with the gold and silver beads. Uh, we left this at a location out near the border where I used to be located. Uh, it spent the winter on kind of a, we called it the Sasquatch lunch counter because it was like a flat rock. Um, and it was like, this is where 
somebody would be to eat. So it was like a lunch counter type of a thing. So if you can kind of imagine that. But anyway, we left several of these bracelets out and didn't think anything of it. Uh, snow came. Okay. Then in the spring when we went back up, hey, yeah. Hey, do you remember sticking these bracelets here? Yes, I do. Let's go take a look. So we had gone down there, and it was, you know, the uh, idea was gifting, of course, to see what would be exchanged. Uh, but the bracelets had, the paracord had been untied, and then the beads were sorted by color, gold and silver, two little neat piles. So not necessarily a gifting experience, but something with an opposable thumb would have to take, you know, to untie a knot. And then it doesn't prove that people are, or Sasquatches see in color, but at least can see different hues or tints because they were sorted by silver and gold. Um, so that's my experience with that kind of a thing. Not really a, a give and take, but uh, taking what I had and then rearranging it and presenting it back to me. So it was kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, we had something kind of similar at area a uh they had put out <clears throat> a jar of peanut butter and they had taken the um they had taken the 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 lid not the lid the uh the cover what's the, the like the foil seal they've taken the seal off and put the the lid back on and <clears throat> i thought this was a brilliant idea it was my idea but i thought this was a brilliant idea because you know, it's not like you're just leaving an apple. Any everything in the woods eats apples, so everything can would be interested in taking an apple, but not everything out there can get into a jar of peanut butter. So they put the lid back on, not tightly, but they did put the lid back on. Uh, left it on a stump near the outhouse, which is where a lot of activity had occurred. And when we showed up, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't remember if it had been out there all winter or if it was just. For a couple of weeks, I want to say this was like the first trip out there uh, for the season. So I think it might have been out there all winter. And for the life of me, I can't remember if the lid had been put back on or not, but they found the jar. It was just a few feet away from the stump and there was still peanut butter in it. I mean, it was still like three quarters of the way full, which I thought was odd. And there was some missing, like it had been scooped out. And there was a leaf in inside the peanut butter. Uh, you know, I mean, probably like I'm showing my with, I'm using my finger scale here, but probably, you know, it was probably about that deep, you know, like probably in up to my knuckles, my not my my middle knuckles. And there was just a leaf like in there. And it was almost like it had been scooping something had been scooping it out with a leaf and then just left the leaf in there. And uh, I thought that was just odd. Uh one, because there was still peanut butter in the jar. I mean, you think wild animals would eat it all. Like, why leave any? Uh, and two, just the odd manner that we found it with the leaf inside and press, pressed inside, too. Not just laying in there, but like some force had been some, had been put behind it. Uh, nothing, you know, we didn't receive anything in return, at least not that we could notice. Uh, there wasn't anything back on the stump. But I thought that was really odd, and it was just, it was strange, and it didn't remind me of something that like a bear would do, or even like a squirrel or something. I don't think a squirrel would be able to get that lid off, and again, if a bear had found it, a bear probably would just ate the jar and all, or at least chewed the hell out of it. And it was, other than a little wear, like the, the label was damp, where it got wet, 
there was maybe a little uh, fading of the label. It was in perfect, pristine shape. I know that my sister's dog can un undo like a peanut butter jar, but she can't put it back. She can't put the lid back on. So, I mean, there are there are animals that can open it, but I don't know. If, I don't know how many that can close it. You know. Yeah, I I can't for the life of me figure out what what would do that. What animal would would put a leaf in the peanut butter jar and not eat all the peanut butter, um, especially if you had like an entire winter to work on it. Uh, no, no claw marks, no dings or, or scratches, uh, nothing in, in the jar. But uh, yeah, that was that was weird. And that's probably my only real like situation I could say that uh, dealt with gifting. You know, I've left a couple things out before, uh, like apples and stuff and had them had them taken. But again, uh, I didn't I didn't have like everything in the woods eats uh, eats apples i mean it could have been squirrel or, or any number of critter but uh the the peanut situation out there that was kind of strange and we've also wondered uh if maybe because it did seem like after that peanut situation occurred we uh had a decrease in activity and somebody mentioned i don't remember who it was it wasn't my idea but somebody mentioned like well maybe because we left them something uh and this kind of goes into the woo side of thing things uh maybe that was like a tribute to them and they're like okay they've they've uh given us a tribute so now we can leave them alone uh or maybe they had a peanut allergy and a peanut butter killed them i don't know <laughs> maybe they wandered off and died from the peanut butter i don't know but uh yeah that that's uh that was kind of the strangest situation i've ever occurred with like leaving something out and, and having it uh tampered with i i haven't really messed around with like trying to gift Sasquatch anything. So I, I don't know. I, I think I know what I would try and leave for Sasquatch, but I don't, I, I've never really had any experience with it. Yeah. I, and I've all, you know, I've always heard that um, they like peanut butter. They like apples. Uh, but the thing that I've heard probably the, of them getting into the most other than like, uh, animals like kill, you know, like uh, deer stuff like that would be sweet feed for right, like, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. for like horses and stuff. And I've always, I've always like wanted to try that. But again, I think that's something that if you put it out in the woods, like every animal in the woods is going to want to eat it is, is the sweet feed uh, bears and, and moose and everything else would probably want to get a taste of that. Uh, so, I, and I liked, I liked the idea of the peanut butter jar where you give them, they have to, figure something out. There's like a puzzle mm -hmm. for them to solve. They have to, it's something that, you know, like a bear is just not going to be able to wander up and, and open a peanut butter lid. He's going to chew the hell out of it probably. Um, although I have seen bears like open dumpsters and stuff that are supposed to be bear proof. So who knows, maybe the bears have figured out uh, how to get lids off of jars without leaving any marks. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think that gifting is probably one of those things that it's one of those, like, I, I want to interact. I want to there to be something, you know, that I can share with people that I say, oh, well, I did this with the Bigfoot and the Bigfoot, like, liked my gift or whatever. Uh, and I'm sure maybe there are those occasions where it happens. Uh, Will Ulmer, uh, he is always talking about 
uh, when he's in certain campgrounds, he'll leave his recorder going, and it sounds like there's always something trying to get in his car. Like you'll hear his his uh, his door handle being mm-hmm. manipulated, but of course his door is locked. Uh, one of these days, I'm gonna have to tell him, like, dude, you're just gonna have to leave your door unlocked and see what happens. Like, like is something? Are they gonna get in there and uh, take something? Or I think sometimes I think one time he was actually sleeping in it and he didn't hear it. He heard it later on the recording, so that's kind of spooky. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna get a, a human burrito in a in a, a sleeping bag. But, <laughs> yeah, you know that he should have a trail cam inside, like a motion activated trail cam inside the vehicle. So then when something messes with it, it'll start recording. Yeah, know. that's not a bad idea. I I wonder if you know because I know trail cameras will especially mine. Like I walk down my driveway when I have a trail camera in my driveway and I walked down there one evening when it was like starting to get dark. And I was like, well, damn that thing. Like I, I could see it. Like that thing puts off a light. There's like a red light on that thing. And I know like moose can see it. Cause I see them staring into it all the time. And I, I've often wondered if maybe a more low tech solution wouldn't be better. Like uh, some kind of pressure plate or something that mm-hmm. would set off like, an old fashioned like flash and film camera. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I don't have the uh, technical ability to function or to, to rig something like that up. But uh, I wonder sometimes if maybe going more low tech isn't the answer. I know you can go to the Halloween store and get one of those animatronics with this thing that you step on and then, you know, it does yeah. its thing. Uh, I just need to find one of those skeletons that push that pushes a button <laughs> that hit it on the camera. So it looks like Rob Roy's watching us. I know I sent him the link. Uh, I think he might be traveling. I know he said he was going to go visit some family or something. So who know who knows what Rob Roy's up to? He's the most interesting man in Palmer. I don't know. I've uh, noticed here recently, you know, I don't, it's almost like uh, Rob says I was outside snow blowing. It's almost like uh, I've hit this like wall where I've like aged out of technology. Uh, Cause I now like when I'm just confronted with something new, like I got the new call of duty and I feel like such an old FUD Cause I'm like, cause I haven't played like the last couple of Call of Duties, and I'm like, what, is that, what does that screen mean? What's that? I don't, I don't understand what's going on. And just like anything, and there was something else the other day I was messing with, and like, oh, I was trying to get to watch the Charlie Brown special on freaking Apple TV, and I'm just like, why isn't it playing? It's supposed to be for free. I can't figure it out. And I'm like turning into my grandparents over here, like I. I used to be like pretty tech savvy and now I'm just like, I don't understand these newfangled things and I can't figure it out and like asking for help and shit. So I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, I think my like tech savvy days might be over with. I might have to go more low tech. You know, I just, I just want to say, don't feel left. (laughs) You could be watching something like Scrooged or the ref is pretty funny. I wanted to watch Charlie Brown. (laughs) Charlie Brown's kind of. I've 
I don't know. It like I I just never a big Charlie Brown fan. The music is amazing. It's like ninety nine percent of the music that I wanted to watch it for me. Yeah, I um I just I just can't figure things out anymore. Like I used to, I'm just like I'm like, what is this? What does that do? What does this do? Like how how in the world does this work? And it seems like things have gotten less user friendly, or maybe it's just me. I don't know, but maybe I need to go uh, away from trail cameras and, and digital cameras and start like. Uh, using film cameras or get me like a Flintstones camera with like a bird in it that draws a picture or whatever it sees. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, especially <laughs> here in the last few weeks, it just seems like I am just, I can't figure anything out. <clears throat> but, yeah. What do you guys think? You think Bigfoot prefers s smooth uh, or crunchy peanut butter? Well, since I can't go shopping, I'm going to say that, it's not Bigfoot's not going to be picky, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Rob Roy said yeah, it's, it's called getting it, old. It's good, yeah, it is getting old. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a apex scavenger as well as apex predator. So yes, what Jesse says, it's not going to be picky. It could be a year old, or it could be six months old, or six weeks old. It's still going to taste test it, I think. So do you think that they're attracted to uh, things that they can't find in the woods? Like if you, like you hear about uh, them being fascinated, like throwing rocks at men, like they would throw rocks at the skiff because it would make the ting sound. Mm -hmm. Do you think they're fascinated with things like that because they can't, I mean, there's not like a lot of scrap metal hanging around in the woods, uh, especially here in Alaska up over by area A, there's not like things that make metallic sounds. So do you think they get, uh, <clears throat> like fascinated by things like that and they want to like oh let's go over here to where the boat is and, and see if we can get it to make that sound because it's not a sound that they hear that often should bring a tambourine next time <laughs> yeah i think it was uh les stroud that was talking about the wind chimes does that ring a bell with anybody he had he had set like the okay i'm thinking of somebody else not Maybe it was somebody that Stroud had interviewed, but somebody was hanging up the like the dollar store wind chimes that had kind of like the clamshell, you know, type of a thing because that was a different and unique sound to the forest. And the idea was, of course, when the wind blows, that the animals are curious and would come to check it out. Um, don't know the results of that. Um, I think there's a natural curiosity, of course, something new in the environment. Uh, not skittish like a lynx some you know when you're trapping and things like that that's hard because animals are skittish around new things but a higher intelligence or you know something that operates at a higher level it's going to have a natural curiosity and want to check it out and not necessarily fall for a trap so. we had a, a little mirror i mean just probably like you know that big around that we had out there i guess it's still out there we kind of move it around every now and then and uh, i guess the the hope was that we would find maybe some fingerprints on it and i don't think we ever found any fingerprints it did get moved around a few times but again it's not very big i mean it's like a little, mm -hmm. in a little plastic frame it's about that big around and uh it, it would get moved around from time to time uh, not far just like we'd leave it on like this log and it would be like over here on the ground or something like that 
but I don't remember ever finding any like dermal ridges or fingerprints on it. And I, I've often wondered like if you left a like a big mirror hanging on a tree and did one of those like two-way mirrors and put some kind of camera or something behind it, if that might work. Uh, but I almost think they would probably be like like Mike was saying, they'd almost be afraid of it. I think probably by the time they got used enough used enough to it or, or familiar familiar enough with it to like stand in front of it, it would probably whatever like battery or, or power source was in it would probably be long dead. Um, but it's it's something I've always had in, my, in the back of my mind is like the two way mirror thing with, with Bigfoot. Um, I think I think don't they don't they put mirrors in uh, in, in zoos for like gorillas and stuff or, or chimpanzees? Uh, yeah, sometimes, or, but I think they yeah. remove them every once in a while. Or is that, is that like a no-no? And then like, I think, uh, I think they do it for some of the other animals, like tigers and stuff, you know, like bigger animals. <coughs> yeah. Well, I know some animals are like, like some cats, if you put a mirror in there, they'll think it's another cat and they'll get pissed at it. Um, I guess it's hard to say what Bigfoot would do. Um, all right, we've got we've got Norm here uh, backstage. Let's bring him out. And let's give him a good cheers, a cheers welcome. Ready? Norm. Norm. My apologies. <laughs> I was actually researching Sasquatch, but I think uh, I think Norm would probably have uh, a little bit to say about. Have you had any uh, gifting uh, experiences or stories? Hmm. Well, um, I've had a little bit of rock showing up randomly around the house that I couldn't explain. Um, I also had a very odd case in which I was handling batteries in a battery charger and they flew out up at my cabin, my remote cabin. Inside the cabin, uh, I searched for a half an hour. I was determined to find every battery. They were just double A's. Could not find one of the batteries. Uh, I gave up. I went away. I came back two weeks later, and there was a double A battery laying outside my front door of the cabin, um, about 15 feet away through a closed door from where I dropped the batteries. Um, I can't explain it. Other than that, as far as personal, I don't think so. They're not springing to mind. So how, these rocks that show up, how big are they? Just a little bigger than, than pebbles, but not very big. And they'll show up. They have shown up on a ledge on the house, the home I'm in right now, um, and also on a couple of the big landscape rocks. They'll just randomly show up. And I remember the last time I checked with my partner at the time, and she had no clue how they got there. Um, I, I don't know. It's just an oddity I, I noticed, but I wouldn't I wouldn't your, claim it as a positive. Your battery story reminds me of uh, Scott Scott's splitting mall at the area A. So he had a splitting mall and he doesn't he doesn't really like put his stuff up, like lock it up too too securely because i mean he, who's going to show up out there right so yeah. he'll get done with something and he'll just you know he'll maybe set it under the deck or something and it, it's good you know like nobody's gonna bother and uh he comes out there one time and he can't find a splitting mall and he's like where the hell 
is it? And he looks and he looks and he looks because there's only so many places. You know how it is. Like you only use your splitting mall, like over here by the by your uh, stump where you split wood. You know, it's not like you're gonna take it over and, and you know leave it on the dock or something. So it's just it's only a couple places where it can be. And he looks and he looks and he looks and he can't find it. Uh, goes out. And the next time he comes back, he buy he's bought a new splitting mall because he's lost his old one. And he, you know, he's like, maybe somebody stole it. Maybe somebody did come by. Maybe I misplaced it, you know. And he br- he brings a new splitting mall from Home Depot or wherever he gets one. And he um, he he brings this new splitting mall, and he's like, here's my new splitting mall, and there's his old splitting mall setting by the um, by the stump. So. Hmm. Couldn't explain it. Like it disappeared for, I, I believe it was some weeks. It was, it was a few, a few days and then uh, it just showed up. So that, that's a odd, especially and a splitting mall is, you know, it's, it's not little, it's, it's a big thing. And where in the hell would it go? It's also interesting. It showed up where he tends to use it rather than where he probably left it. So that implies that whoever returned it, could grasp where it was going to be used and where it would be noticed, found again. Um, I, I think that's oh. interesting. Oh, hello, everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I, I had to run around scrambling to find my headphones. Um, apparently, that's a, like you were just talking about getting old and not knowing the uh, technology beans. Uh, <laughs> The, the last yeah. time I was on here, it was a kind of a nerve wracking experience for me because I was hearing every, our conversation like two minutes ago, the whole thing. So it was very confusing. For, I, I heard two sets of audio. Um, anyway, so Alex, Alex pointed me out. He said, you got to wear headphones. So anyway, I can hear you guys pretty clearly now. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> But it was driving me crazy. You guys were talking about the peanut butter. Tell us about the peanut butter, Ron. Well, no, no, you told them about it. But I thought <laughs> you, I thought you were the one. Remember, you went out and checked uh, the law, the the stump, basically, and you found the two. Remember, we put two peanut butters out there. Yeah, and weren't you the I one? I think that one the woods. One was like unmolested, and the other one I think was open. Had been they were both sitting together though, weren't they? In the woods. Yeah. Well, like probably like. Together. Probably like a few feet apart, but yeah. Yeah, but it was a little strange, we thought. Yeah, and these are, I mean, what do you think? Those things probably weighed like three pounds. Oh, you know? I don't know, but it wasn't yeah, was a little jar the big, uh, There were the bigger jars of Jeff. Yeah. So it wasn't I like mean, a, a two pound squirrel was going to hike that on his back and, and take it away. Right. And then lay him down next, you know, somewhat next to each other. That seems yeah. a little weird. That seems human to me. That's what I kind of thought when you said that. These things go together. I'm going to keep them right here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think um, I think there was definitely something going on. I don't think it was a bear. I don't know what it could have been. I think if it was a bear, they would have just ate the plastic and all. Yeah, it was not uh, chewed up. There were no teeth marks on it. That was what was so strange. Now inside the the jar, it had uh, you know there was only this much of peanut butter in it. But there were there were little bitey marks like mice had been in there because it wasn't on the, on the ground. 
Yeah. Well, that's a different time because the one time, the one with the leaf in it, it was like three quarters of the way full, wasn't it? No, no, that was the time. That was the time. Was it? The leaf, okay. the leaf was smashed. I mean, it was yeah. completely smashed in the jar. That was the time Scotty and uh, a guy, Kelly, and myself went. And, okay, I wasn't there for that one. Yeah, we, it was at nighttime, too, which was kind of weird. Yeah. And, I think I was there when we found it. You were there the next trip, I think. Yeah. And we tried two jars of peanut butter. And I think which you found them not on the log, but they were both laying in the woods, um, which we were like, what? That's weird. Um but yeah, anyway, that 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 peanut butter jar, it it was odd how all three of us looked in the peanut butter jar when I found the peanut butter jar. Um, we looked in it, and it, it's like a leaf, like a uh, devil's club leaf. It was huge. It was a big okay. leaf. Um, yeah, it was just like, I mean, you would have to smash it. You know, I, if I could stick my hand in the jar, I probably could. You would have to, like, almost smash it into the jar. It was packed in there. And all three of us, the first thing we all kind of looked at each other and thought, you think something was scooping the peanut butter with the leaf? Um, it, it just made sense. You know, yeah. it's the only thing we could figure why it was in there like that. But um, would, that, would, that, would that count as tool use? I would think so immediately. That's like a spoon. Yeah, he doesn't want to get he doesn't want to get peanut butter on his hands. That's gross. Right. <laughs> well, we were thinking maybe his hand was too big and he was using fingers or something to scoop it, or I don't know. It's it, just an idea. It could have been a squirrel. We should have saved that leaf and and swabbed it for DNA. I don't know. I guess I had peanut butter all over. What we're gonna do with it? I guess. Yeah. And yeah. there was mice turds all over, you know inside the you know. So you could tell. Oh, was it? I don't remember that. Yeah. The there, mouse there was little little mice turds in it. There was little like little gnaw marks. Like you thought they were chocolate chips. Yeah, we knew they weren't chocolate chips. But amongst all that was that giant leaf that was underneath all that. Even the the mouse turds were on top of the leaf. Um, But I know, uh, you know, a little mouse isn't going to take a leaf in there like that. It looked like someone shoved it in and was using it. Maybe they were moving in. They're like, we're going to put the mattress over here. We'll use the bathroom over here. I think they were until we gave them that peanut butter. I think think we killed them. I think they're allergic (laughs) to peanuts. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, because the activity kind of ramped down. It did. That. I was it like, you killed them. <laughs> they rejected the other, the, the next two jars, and then well, it's I like, was quiet. That or they, uh, they think we've paid them a tribute, so they they can leave us alone now. So Norm, you have a, you found the peanut butter on a trail. Yeah, uh, it was on a <clears throat> the winter trail that actually at the time was leading to McCandless's bus out on the Sushana River, where I have had some experiences. Um, but this was well short of the bus. Um, packed winter trail, uh, found a full jar of peanut butter. It was Skippy or Jif or something like that. Um, Squatch has preferred Jif. <laughs> and at the time, I just thought it was odd. And I actually picked up the jar, and I brought it back to the trailhead and stuck it on the car. I thought maybe were the owners of the peanut butter but after that i've always wondered was it reverse gifting were they trying to give the humans peanut butter maybe they got so sick of humans leaving peanut butter (laughs) they were giving it back i don't Um, know i heard of a a dude on i think it was the i can't remember if it was the pacific coast trail or appalachia trail and he was doing the he was doing the trail and to basically he was a little guy and to keep his calories like to get as many calories as he needed he was like taking Snickers bar and scooping it in jars of peanut butter and eating it. Mm. And uh, 
every time I, I hear about somebody leaving like peanut butter out, I always think about that dude eating the, the Snickers and because it sounds delicious, but, but it's like he was doing it just so we wouldn't die on the trail. <laughs> I, um, I also had something that in hindsight struck me as interesting. I've spent some time on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation and I had a Lakota mentor there. And she was one time explaining to me the uh, the habit of leaving offerings to the spirits, as she termed it, the spirits. And she said, when you cook a meal, have enough left over to put on its own plate and put it outside in the branches of a tree somewhere. What does that sound like to you guys? Yeah. Uh, and a couple years later, I talked to this woman again, and she reported to me that Sasquatch sightings had really been kicking up on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Um, hmm. Maybe there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, everyone's leaving them food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meal. That would be one reason. That would make sense. I mean, things are tough out there in those woods. Actually, no, if, if I can across, up, I always heard snowflake. about uh, Sasquatch like stealing pies from windowsills, you know, that kind of thing. So if there's something fragrant out there, I'm, I'm sure that they're kind of down to steal it or take it. Yeah, we've all heard the stories of them taking uh, things out of coolers. So oh, yeah. they, they kind of know what to look for. It seems like kind of maybe a little choosy, too. It's like they just kind of grab the good stuff. But, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, heard, I can't. I heard a somebody talking the other day about seeing one in a, not in Alaska, it was somewhere else, saw one in a park or something and it was going through the trash and it pulled it like out of all the trash. It found a McDonald's bag and like took it out of the trash and like tore it open. And I guess there was nothing in it and was kind of just, just like threw the bag McDonald's. down and, and walked off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he knows McDonald's and he knows the logo. Yeah. What have we done? Oh yeah. See, we've done it. Why don't they just you know, walk It actually wouldn't surprise me if they did recognize the logo from going through garbage. Oh, um, absolutely. Especially with the smell. It's red and yellow. And uh, I don't know if they can see red. I I know dogs dogs can see blue and yellow mm. and black and white. I, and I don't think they can really see red. I think it comes up as gray for them or something. I'm sure it has something to do with that. The, the, the colors, the logo, and the smell associated with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's got to be something with the scent for sure. Yeah, like they probably, I mean, who doesn't like McDonald's fries? Yeah. Good Lord. And if you can, like, oh my God, give me those you fries. You smell the trans fat, you're going to go for the trans fat. If oh, yeah. Smell. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised there's Bigfoot's going through the drive-thru right now. <laughs> Just walking through, but who knows, someday, no? Yeah, that's, uh, Norm brings up a good point about, uh, chest freezers and, and a lot of people especially back in the day used to keep freezers out on their porch and norm says he had a neighbor that was convinced uh somebody was going through his freezer and he ended up putting a, a lock on it mm -hmm. and um that's uh that's something i've heard several times about something you know oh it was on the porch something was going through the freezer you know it's a big chest freezer it's not like a you know a little squirrel or something can get into it it had to be something big like a bear or a human and it was always meat and he never found the door yeah. open. Um, 
I've got one. Uh, I've heard a story like that coming from Willow. Uh, they had a freezer. It was outdoors, and something had picked it up and walked about 10 feet and just dropped it, and it had opened and spilled the contents, and it was all full of halibut, and it took all the halibut gone. But they did find more like 16-inch tracks. So they were implying that it wasn't a bear. It was something that actually lifted the freezer and walked kind of away from the house with it dropped it and then went through it and then left but uh you know interesting story so did it just was there other meat and it just took the halibut or was it they, just from what i remember they said it was full of halibut hmm. so it'd be interesting if it only took the halibut and left like moose meat or something it's like we get enough right. like moose meat give me the halibut <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but that's uh that's interesting though but heard similar stories like that through the years yeah one of the things i find the most um intriguing is just how like you were saying they find the freezer door closed or the cooler lids closed but stuff's missing or like the 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 splitting mall disappears but then it comes back there's almost Mm -hmm. like this sense of like I don't know if they're doing it to cover their tracks or I don't know if they have some weird like sense of like, well, we owe it to them. You know, they, they gave us all this. So we owe it to them to leave things the way we found it kind of like leave no trace. I don't know. Like they've got some kind of weird code, but uh, I I just find that like intriguing. I just, why, 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 when you take stuff out of the freezer, why do you close the lid back? Why not just leave it open? Who cares? Uh, Yeah. even uh, Scotty's had stuff supposedly taken he thinks tools and whatnot and then returned yeah well i told the story of a splitting wall yeah 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 so i personally always thought that it's just us being you know we can't remember where we're putting stuff but who knows yeah well not the splitting the splitting mall is always over by that stump though it never goes anywhere yeah there's been i thought through the years there's been a couple things he's noticed um that it kind of disappeared and come back but yeah yeah. Well, there was the that old chair that's out there, that metal chair, wasn't there? Yeah. Like a yeah. some some coins or something found on it one time. Um, boy, I know I know the coins. I don't know if they're found on the chair. Um, I know there was a couple things found on that chair though. Um, there was a rock on the chair one time. There was one of the little net rocks on the chair once. Um, I thought I I thought I remembered Scotty. Some you know that little South American percussion instrument. Yeah. I swear he said that he came one time and that was on that chair once. And he said he didn't he didn't put it. It was not there when he left, he swears. But um yeah. you know, that, I've got one of those. I've got a squash rock right here. Oh yeah? Oh awesome. So, is that one I painted? No, this is just oh. one I picked up while we were out there. So Yeah, those things are interesting. They're pretty yeah. cool. These things are all over the beach out at area yep. A. It's just a it's just a rock and it's uh tied up in the in a net and i guess they're used for weights or something weights for the on the fishing line. nets yeah. yeah fishing lines or nets yeah i paint little sasquatches on them and sell them in my shop i have some interesting rocks right behind me <laughs> nice uh i can't really tell they look small they were, oh, like okay, this right here this thing it's really super light and i haven't tested if it floats um but it's from the area around skinwalker ranch Ooh. and it's it's like only found in that area. Huh. I have a little tiny rock that I stole from Skinwalker Ranch. Wow. It's my Skinwalker Ranch rock. 
Or they, they just caught on you now. Exciting. They shouldn't have said that. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna catch you now. The the fed, there's gonna be like boom 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse's feed's just gonna go down. Yeah, Jesse's feed <laughs> just goes away. God, <laughs> never hear from her again. Yeah. So well. Jesse said, if you were gonna leave something weird for Bigfoot, what would it be? You know what I've always wanted to do? I've always wanted to make a sketch on a piece of paper of a Bigfoot and leave it out at Area A. But like um, laminated or something, so it's waterproof, and just just a little drawing of a Bigfoot and and put it up there and just see what happens. See what happens. That's that's yeah. what, what, one thing I would I would want to try. But. I'd, I'd probably I try and leave something like uh, I don't know, like I you know I mentioned a tambourine earlier, and and that could that could be something that they could carry around or. You know, uh, Norm came across these, uh, the story of like dancing Sasquatch or something, right? Yeah, that was in Red Grossinger's book. Oh, yeah, it was in Red I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that because I asked him about the mosquito situation, and I guess it happened in winter because my first thought was like, they're like, get these damn mosquitoes away from me. Yeah, like, yeah. And and he said, no, it happened in like November or something, so there was no mosquitoes. Huh. Wow, dancing, huh? I didn't read about that one. Yeah. I, I think I found some other cases of it in like some native lore or something. Maybe they had the mad cow disease. Maybe they got a hold of some. That's interesting. I've never heard a story <laughs> of uh, an eyewitness saying they saw dancing. That's, that's a new one for me. Huh? Wonder what they were dancing to. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think. Oh, the men in black got Jesse. Oh, there she goes. You're gone. Just you, you froze up, Jesse. Oh, we thought the men in black got you. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't freeze on my ends. Uh, no, I, I said uh, the dancing Sasquatches that I found in the in the lore uh, were like female ogres or something. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And it was it was from like the Washington State area. Huh. Uh, That's a new one for me. Yeah. I'll tell you guys a quick uh, story. It's kind of, it, I guess there's kind of a gifting element to it. So this was, I'm, I'm you're telling us like third or fourth hand. So I'm going to, I'm going to fuck it all up. So just, just take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but there was these two brothers and their dad, this happened in the, like the 1800s, I think in Washington. And there were these two brothers and their dad, and they were clearing some land, and they had cut down these these big trees, and they were going to move them. And uh, they had been waiting for the weather to clear up or something, and finally the dad gets up one day and says, I'm going to go out there and get those trees moved. And the, the brothers are like, oh, okay, well, you know, hold on a second. We'll get our, get our stuff and go with you. And he's like, no, no, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. And the brothers are like, no, there, you know, there's no way, you know, these trees are huge. Uh, you know, you, you're going to have to have our help. And he's like, don't worry about it. So he takes his horse's wagon or whatever and goes off to the land. And the, uh, the two brothers are just like, what in the hell is he doing? He, there's no way he can move those without our help. They're just ginormous. There's these huge logs. So the two brothers decide, like, we're going to go and see what he's doing so they 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 
sneak out to where he's at. They sneak out to this stretch of property or, or whatever it is. And they're on this like overlook and they're, you know, they, they kind of low crawl up and they're looking down to see, they're just trying to figure out what the hell their dad's doing. Cause there's no way their dad can move these logs by himself. And sure enough, there's their dad. He's sitting there. He's got his wagon uh, parked next to the logs and he's sitting on the back of the, the wagon and he's drinking. He's got a, uh, he had his thermos with him and he's drinking coffee and sitting on the stump across from him is a Sasquatch and the Sasquatch has caught. He's pouring coffee for the Sasquatch. So this man and the Sasquatch have their coffee yeah. and then the Sasquatch gets done with his coffee and the old man points to the logs and points to the wagon and the Sasquatch puts the logs on the wagon and then he walks off. Awesome. That's what I need. I need me a Sasquatch like that. Man. Like I said, I'm sure I screwed it up somehow, but that's the that's the gist of it. Uh, it kind of kind of remind well, a little bit like that story that article I sent everybody. Um, the, the Sasquatch pushing the little boat in the water, and then helping himself with some fish after the 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 fishermen couldn't uh, they couldn't get the boat in the water. So uh, it's kind of similar, but yeah, yeah. Well, one of you guys was telling me that didn't the the Sasquatch and the natives used to to work together, and then the Sasquatch started stealing the fish or something, and they 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 parted ways, or they didn't want to work with them anymore. Yeah, well, that, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of uh, like that. It's they they were trading and doing. It started out innocently enough, but then the Sasquatch started stealing fish, and then they started stealing the children and the women. Apparently, now this is how I've heard. This is the story I've heard. I could be wrong, but. Um, this leads up to why Sasquatch are so elusive is the men decide the native men decided that the Sasquatch need to all be just wiped out. So in doing so, hunting these squatches down, the, the clans of Sasquatches, they learn to stop using fire because that gives their their you know where they are away. Um, so that's kind of the reason they say they stop using fire. Um, and they started hiding, you know, hiding from humans um, is because the native men were hunting them down to kill them, to wipe them all out yeah. because of that, the trading and whatnot going wrong. Adam Davies actually mentions that in his, what is it? Revenge of the Hairy Man book, which is, a, it's a fictional mm -hmm. book, but it's based in Port Chatham mm -hmm. and the Bigfoot in the book uh, actually, they're more of like a really primitive tribe. Mm -hmm. And they mentioned in the book, uh, the Bigfoot mentioned how they used to use fire and they stopped because mm -hmm. it would bring the humans to them and the humans would always try and kill them. And mm -hmm. but, uh, that's a that's a point that Adam makes. And yeah. um, I think it's is it Revenge of the Hairy Man or Port, Revenge of the Port Chatham Hairy Man, something mm -hmm. like that. One of his books. It is interesting. I mean, I always thought it was kind of an interesting. Well, that's a kind of neat way that, you know, why they stopped using fire and, you know, started kind of being more hidden. But. I don't know if there's any truth to it. You know, who knows? Maybe yeah. they did trade with them hundreds of years ago. Uh, I've heard multiple accounts of, you know, Sasquatches coming up to the campfires, uh, you know, after everybody goes to bed or, or gets in their tent and right. trying to like restoke the fire or blowing on it and, yeah. you know, just being fascinated with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Waving the flaming log around. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that wake too. up and they're all dancing outside the fire. Yeah. Well, there's one in uh, Robert Alley's book of uh, a woman in, on uh, oh, Prince of Wales Island. 
and she goes out to, to tend to the fire and she she sees the Bigfoot like standing next to the car or whatever, like watching a fire. And she says to the Bigfoot, you know, instead of like freaking out, she's like, oh, hey, how are you? I just got to tend to the fire here. And when she said fire, the Bigfoot like points at the fire. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's a story of from like the 1860s called the Bigfoot Child. And or at least that's what I that's what I call it. <laughs> um and and the in the story, like this this older lady kind of comes across this uh Sasquatch child or whatever, and and she like could communicate with it. It could say it could understand some of the stuff that she was saying and it could say a couple words. I don't know what those words were, but I know that they were simple. Like that's what was reported. Hmm. We, yeah, that's that's one of the things I don't sorry. really want to experience. <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I I don't want to be out in the woods and just hear like, you know, like the predator, like want some candy or something like that. You know, like <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather my Sasquatches not not talk to me. Well, I mean, they can <laughs> mimic stuff like the babies crying and and whistling and they, they could probably mimic other animals in the forest and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Sierra sounds, you know, they sound kind of Asian. I was, uh, we were discussing this in my shop the other day. Um, there was, there is a show, I think it was Sasquatch Chronicles where, uh, some people, uh, their grandparent, their grandpa lived on this, this farmland for forever and ever and ever and ever. And he died and he willed the property to the, the kids. So they moved onto the land. And I'm, I'm trying to make a short story out of this, so forgive the if I miss details. But basically, what they were hearing was th their grandfather voice calling them from the woods, and it was actually even in like their grandfather's like voice. It sounded like him, and there were some other things like dog that he would call their dog or something like that. But it was actually mimicking not only you know human, but it was mimicking the human that had lived there for 50, 60 years, which is seems you know. Uh, I mean, we 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 know how to do it, so why wouldn't they know how to do it? Yeah. Um, well, do you do you think there's something nefarious behind that, or do you think it's just an animal just mimicking what it hears? I think the, I think it is. I think they're smart enough to know it will. Uh, I think they're just getting a reaction out of us, you know. Whether they chuckle, you know, and hit each other, and like, he, he came out of the cabin. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, beans, you know, and you're like, what? I think they're they are. I think they get a rea uh, uh, you know get some entertainment off our our reactions. That's all I can figure. I don't know else why they do it. I hate to think it would be nefarious, and they're trying to lure you in. You know, I know that we have some ravens here locally, and you know if they're you know, you know what kind of uh, sounds they've been around because they'll be like, "Hey, hey, hey," and they'll they usually repeat it a number of times, but they'll they'll totally say words and stuff like that. And I, right. I think they're just mimicking because they they hear it, you know. But I don't yeah. know if they're looking for a reaction. Yeah, there was a viral video there for a while of a raven or a crow. I, I don't remember what. <clears throat> uh, like showing up on this guy's like deck and it was like f you f you 
that was that was a bird hanging out on your place for too long beans probably he was probably sitting out my window and he's like that's what humans sound like yeah they all say that in toke they didn't learn that from me <laughs> uh, i think they do i think uh i think they get that's, entertainment value out of it that's the I sound think. i make when i shovel my deck <laughs> Oh, uh, that's that's what I used to. I got a new snowblower, so I don't make that sound anymore. <laughs> My snowblower's uh, messed up. I've got to I've got to work. I, I say it every year, like every year around like August, September. I'm like, I got to get that thing fixed, and I I never do. Oh. Now what I, you what I, you need is you need one of those robotic snowblowers. Oh yeah, yeah. Testing in Anchorage. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much one of those are. I saw that article. I was like, oh, it must be a million dollars for one of those right now. But no, I think it's just a couple thousand. Ah, <laughs> uh, good idea though. But, it's uh, probably pretty similar to like the the lawnmowers that they sell. Right. The room, the the vacuum cleaners that go around your your house on like little robots. Uh, yeah. something similar, but for outdoors, you know, right? Because they have they have lawnmowers and they have snowblowers now. So, if anyone's interested, <laughs> you can. Well, we've been getting snowed on a lot. It's snowing right now. I just I thought it was going to be a clear night tonight, and I went outside and it's snowing again. So, um, yeah, I, I would just finish shoveling and snow blowing and everything came in here. Um, That's what we need to do, guys. We need to get by a fleet of. Um, all-terrain Roombas, stick cameras on them, and just set them loose in the woods. <laughs> I wouldn't make it too far in this state, I don't think. That would be you gotta fun. Put, you got to put little tracks on them or something. Yeah, a little, little uh, maybe a, a RC unit or something, a little mini monster truck or something. All you need is like some teenage boys, and they'll drive them all over the place. Yep. Yeah. We're almost there. I feel sometimes I feel like a teenage boy still. Sometimes, until <laughs> until something hurts, and then I realize I'm old now. So yeah. I, I've been kind of wondering uh, where Bigfoot would overwinter, you know, because it it gets cold. We just had a stint of like 25, 30 below up here um, for a little bit, and it's warm back up again. <laughs> um, I think it stopped snowing at this point. Mm -hmm. And I was I, just. I, I, I think I want to go for like caves or some like kind where of. Would they, and I've, I've heard caves and I was thinking maybe like old mining or something. I would, yeah, I wouldn't put it. I mean, I would think in that harsh environment like we have outside right now. Yeah. I don't see what, how these things would tolerate that. Um, I mean, I'm sure it was tolerated, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, so a mine would be, that's a good uh, abandoned cabins or caves or some of those when trees fall, that their stumps rip up and they, they leave sometimes great big holes you can kind of crawl right. into. I uh, think they I would think, use something like that. I think they're pretty much creatures of opportunity. However, I do wonder sometimes about the cave like i don't see them putting themselves in a place that they can't get out of mm -hmm. that right. there's like where that they where they would get trapped mm -hmm. um so that makes me wonder about caves sometimes like maybe in, in extreme circumstances yeah they'll they'll get in one but i almost i i kind of feel like they have their own 
dens or warrens or something that they maybe dig out of the side of a, mm -hmm. a hill and they probably cover it back up. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I have a problem with them going into a place that they basically are uh, boxed in. Yeah, no, I can see that. And, and they, the other thing is the nests, you know, what, okay, they find nests on uh, the Pacific Northwest. I'm thinking, I guess mm -hmm. the Olympic project found those nests. Um, that wouldn't, I mean, that wouldn't do anything in the wintertime. Maybe during the warmer months, that'd be a nice little, you know, it's all they would need. But boy, in these, in Alaska's harsh winter times, you would think they would need seek some kind of shelter. So, uh, well, well, unless they do migrate, huh? When I was collecting stories, um, uh, I've, I stopped over in like Christochina and on my way up to Toke. And uh, they, there's a lot of people out that way. And they said, oh, there's a tribe of Bigfoot. They live back on the, on the backside of that mountain over there. And I think they're, but I'm not really sure which mountain. Uh, they would just kind of go over there behind the mountain. And it was like, okay, there's a bunch of them. Because uh, you have rain. So I give directions. And, there. <laughs> and uh, they're, they said, "Oh yeah, they they live in a cave, on the on the backside." Hmm. See, cave. There it is. Yeah. But yeah, but it, is like it like around a Fairbanks? We have uh, we have a lot of like old, abandoned mining areas and yeah. stuff like that. And I was just thinking that 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 might be a somewhat decent spot, you know, if if there's enough room to get in there. It, it makes me, is it like a bear cave or like a mammoth cave cave where there's like multiple entrances and exits and, you know, like a cave system? No one, oh. no one got that deep into it with me. They just, there was multiple people who said the same thing hmm. out that way. I don't know. So I know, I know that around here, um, out in Esther, which is just uh, on the other side of like, the university basically uh a couple of years ago there was there was like one of those sinkholes that happened out along gold hill road um and there was there was like a an, a, an abandoned mining shaft that collapsed or something in someone's yard or mm -hmm. something like that yeah i don't know i i, I don't know I would, I would think they would have it figured out by now. They've been around long enough to, like Beans was saying, maybe they do dig their own dens, you know, because they're mobile. They move around a lot, so they can't um, commit to one place. You know, they have, they have to kind of be on the move. Although, I don't know. Area A seems like they've been there a long time. I don't know if they come or go or if they stay. I mean, we well, Maybe have, they have a winter... Like a winter accommodation and a summer right. accommodation, you know. Like yeah, they're semi-nomadic, so there's a winter camp and a and a uh, summer camp and maybe even a spring and fall camp. That, that would um, make sense. And then, then based on like tree structures or or natural veg vegetation, uh, if they're doing anything in hillsides like denning or anything like that, I would think that it would be up high. Uh, high meaning like you could overlook a valley or something like this, so a natural vantage point. Mm -hmm. um, I'm working mine industry now, and so I'm always thinking about toxic gases accumulating in an old mine shaft. So I'm a little bit 
if they're going into mine shafts, that's not very far because that toxic gas will settle way back and, and down deep, but uh, you don't need to go far to get out of the snow. Um, so I do think that if there's caves and things like this that they're taking advantage of, they're also in locations because of the natural resources and, and food resources. So that's something if we could get a, you know, some kind of a cave mapping project or something, we could figure that out with the natural resources that are nearby. And that might be a, a good place for future research. I would think too, if they use caves, they would, um, they would know them really well or they would, they would kind of, you know, explore them. So they know maybe yeah. they favor caves that have an exit, you know, and they, Bob, they Bob went into that one and he never came out. Let's not use that. Right. One right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't go into that one. That's, that's a dead end, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah. Norm, you got something? Yeah, I actually have a data point on caves. Uh, I had a coworker in Denali national park and he told me a, about finding way up a headwater stream at over 3,000 feet, um, probably more like 3,500 feet, on a sloped hillside finding a shallow cave. Uh, maybe it would have been more appropriately called a rock shelter, I don't know. Um, it, he described it as a cave. Uh, he went into it, um, so I don't think it was like a grizzly den where generally you, know, you have to really squeeze to get into a grizzly den because they want it to be defensible too. Um, and he found a bed in there, not a, a mattress. What he found was vegetation forming a soft bed, imported vegetation into the cave. Mm -hmm. And he said it was roughly rectangular in shape. Um, mm -hmm. I did do some research and grizzlies will actually bring vegetation into their dens. But mm -hmm. I don't know, this one just seemed very interesting to me that he found a rectangular bed uh, mm. that he could easily a... access up on a hillside. Mm. Right. Great vantage point. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. That's almost homeless man stuff. You know, if you find something like that, uh, that looks built. Um, I remember one time it was kind of similar. I mean, I hiked down Eagle River a lot. One time I took a trail that kind of led me off onto this. It was more of a game trail. And I was I was going up the mountain. I looked to my right, I almost didn't see it, but there was like an old army pop tent mm -hmm. that, that had been set up and it was just covered. Everything was covered in leaves. You couldn't see anything. It was fall. Um, but if I, man, if I didn't just catch it, I would have, I would have walked right by it, but it, it was open. It looked like somebody had been using it and there are homeless people that every once in a while that you, you'll see in Eagle river, um, in Eagle river. So it's a small town, but they'll come through here. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of creepy, actually. Yeah, we had a homeless yeah. guy here in in Homer, um, and he had literally built a cabin in one oh. of the uh, wooded areas. That oh, I say cabin, I mean it was like a bunch of sticks that oh. were stuck together right. and like vaguely like house shaped. And his, you could walk right up on that thing, and, and until you were standing right in front of it, you wouldn't even see it. And you know, this is a, you know, just, a, and this is in the middle of town, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like here, here on the, the native property that's, uh, kind of behind the, the gas station down here where, uh, there's nothing, nothing built. It's just all wooded. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he was just living there and he had like a little one room cabin built and it was 
just completely well, you walk right by like you rob you just walk right by and i yeah. know it's there you'd almost have to I mean, be yeah there was standing nobody, right in front of it nobody in it but it, you know it, it would be scary if there was all if he was there what, what kind of reaction would he do you know what would he do to me he'd just sit there and say hi but it was awfully <laughs> he, he I, you know he was purposely made it as far off the grid as he he thought i was just fumbled on it on accident and yet there it was um but kind of makes you you know uh, homeless people and sasquatch maybe their you know characteristics are kind of how they react to people is almost similar well yeah i mean we've established they steal pies off a window seal so, yeah, I mean, they're, ba- they're basically just hairy hobos <laughs> oh bigfoot where out thou yeah well i i mean they got to be opportunity you know to, i mean anything that's there i would I it's not an easy life to be a sasquatch i'd imagine but, uh, I'm surprised we don't hear about them stealing uh, jack-o'-lanterns and stuff like that from people's porch. The pumpkins? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the moose are too busy eating them. <laughs> I'm, I'm just surprised. Them. Well, well probably, teenagers steal them, so I'm not sure anybody would think about Sasquatch. They probably did steal a few, and then they got tired of, uh, they're like, why are these things full of wax? And then they stopped. Right. Ouch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they bite the candle. That's it. I don't like them anymore. Yeah. So what do you guys think about um, Christmas cryptids? Jesse was mentioning that earlier in the, in the private chat. Christmas cryptids. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, the, the first thing that comes to mind uh, is Alaska has little people, right? We have all, hmm stories of little people and there's a lot of uh little people within within christmas lore um you have like christmas elves you have uh the tomta or the lutins or the niece um there's i think there's some christmas fairies and stuff in there too um i don't know like I, I haven't really had any uh, stories come through my way about about little people being really seen around Christmas, but um, it's just something to keep in mind, right? Yeah. So like I, the okay, so like the Tomta and the niece, they kind of look like like gnomes, like a with like the hats and the right boots and you know beards. Where, whereas our little people look more like uh, just native people, but I don't know, like two or three feet high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of people the, are kind of a mystery, that's for sure. One of the craziest things I ever read. So this is back in the old school Bigfoot forums, like years and years ago. And I've always, like I said, I've always been interested in Bigfoot. I've always kind of like kept out on it, but I've never really like. I wasn't always like involved in it, but I always like like to read about it. And I remember one of the craziest things I ever read was this guy on the Bigfoot forums saying that the best time to look for Bigfoot was on at Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve at midnight, because at Christmas Eve on midnight, all the animals in the forest will stop and bow down to Christ and all his glory and if you could be out in the woods at midnight, you could possibly find a Sasquatch while he was paying reverence to the Lord. 
And wow, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Wow, I've never heard that. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty nutty. I think I've actually heard something like that, but it it was huh. like in some book that I had when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm like, well, I mean, that's pretty easy to like debunk. I mean, I've got a dog. I've had been around my dog at midnight on Christmas Eve. He's never bowed down in reverence on, you know, in, <laughs> on Christmas. Uh, I think, I think we can like, I think we can go ahead and say, okay, that's probably not a viable option, but that's just one of the craziest, like, this is how you find Bigfoot things I've ever heard. And uh, I've never heard any, I've only seen it that one time. I've never seen it again. <laughs> Came and went in the night. That was it. Okay. Uh, I do. I do have, two uh creatures that kind of resemble bigfoot but are not bigfoot that are christmas cryptids so there's krampus the krampus and then the there's uh i don't know how you pronounce it it's uh like stragelli i think or huh. and and they're like these kind of smaller smaller than krampus kind of hairy creature things that uh, Perkta uh, kind of is seen with and stuff like that. And she's, um, she is a Christmas witch. Mm. But they all come down from the mountains. That's what mm -hmm. they all have in common. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always those darn mountains. Yeah. That hides all the cryptids. Mountains, well, boulder uh, fields. Yeah. I'll tell you real quick, I did have a homeless guy come into my shop the other day. <laughs> and I did ask him, uh, well, I didn't, I mean, I didn't intend this to go this way, but he started this weird conversation. So I asked him uh, after he kind of explained to me that he had been living in, in the woods a lot. Uh, he's basically homeless. And I said, well, have you ever seen it? You know, have you ever seen anything weird? And, it, and uh, you know, he says, like, what? And I said, you know, like Bigfoot or anything. He says, no, no Bigfoot. He says, but I've seen trolls. Trolls yeah. trolls are there. He says, they're this big. You know, he was about, about his waist high. He said, I've seen trolls. Trolls are all over out there. And he started pointing again, pointing over across the mountains over there. And I'm kind of like, whoa. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of Christmassy. That was just like last week. So, I don't know, um, Christmas right. trolls. Mm -hmm. Could be yeah. could be little people. Uh, in Iceland, yeah. there's yeah. there are For Christmas trolls. There's uh the Yule lads. Uh-huh. So well, and they, yeah, they, they, they the, uh like the, their names translate to like spoon liquor and and skier gobbler and, and stuff like that. Um <laughs> and they'll lick your spoons and they'll eat your yogurt and uh I don't know. They get they get into mischief and stuff like that. Well, where is it over uh, Sweden? Where is it they believe in trolls and ogres and they'll actually build highways around stones and whatnot because they um, live under stones. Where I, is that? In Iceland, they'll do Iceland? that. That's and Iceland. then they have they like a lot that. of troll lore and stuff like that in like yes. Sweden and Finland and Norway. Right. Yeah. It's pretty weird. I don't know. I can't. I can't see these engineers standing around arguing over a boulder and a troll. You know. Uh, sometimes they'll they'll just pick it up and move it. You know. Ah, 
So well, that'll take care of the problem, huh? Yeah, because the uh, control just goes with it. Iceland, the big thing are the elves. You can go to elf oh. school if you visit Iceland and yeah. uh, do like a day a, a day course in learning about elves. Apparently, kind of interesting how they have elves um, yeah. and gnomes and whatnot, and we have little people. Yeah, okay. I wonder if that's the same, you know, kind of entities, kind of like Sasquatch, but. They're kind of all over, but we call them different things. We're, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but. Um, the proto-pygmies up here get called little Bigfoot or baby Bigfoot. Uh-huh. Because of the similarities. You think, and, and that's what some people re refer to as trolls? I, I think so, yes. Yeah. The proto-pygmy type that are living here, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Do you know, you know the Culp story? Yeah. Uh Mm -hmm. Strangest story think, ever told. Do you think oh, that's yeah, yeah. what? Um, do you think that's what those creatures were that that they were talking about? Because I think they referred to them as like hairy devils. Yeah, hairy devils. I was that they Sasquatch. But. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if that was like Sasquatch or if it was something a little smaller. I heard a crazy explanation for that that it was actually a bunch of shipwrecked Chinese guys. Oh, that makes sense. And. I mean, if you think about, if you think about it at the time, you know, like people weren't educated like they are now, and you see, like, oh, that was so you know, bad. Jesse had to leave, and and you, and and this guy, no, like, I got, I got my copy of my book. Oh, so, that's the same one I have. Yeah. If this is, uh, if what we're talking about sounds interesting, you should check this out. Yeah, it's um, a good book. It's a good story read. We're told it's very, uh, it's kind of thin. It, it's not. Too yeah, it could long. be called the quickest read ever. Ever written <laughs> the shortest story ever told. Shortest story ever told, but it's awesome. Yeah, I always thought they were Bigfoots, but maybe they were something else. Yeah. It's always fun to think about. Well, there was some kind of uh, some kind of Chinese like cargo ship or something that went down in that area, or, or was went missing in that area, and then that guy comes comes along and has his experience, and, and mm. they're thinking like maybe that might have been. Part of the crew that had been shipwrecked and and of course you know they they don't they probably don't speak english so they're they see somebody and they're like they were running out know, of they're us. like help they're us. just like help us help us and he's just like oh and of course i'm sure they look horrible because they've been yeah, shipwrecked they horrible, for god knows yeah. how long and i think he said they had like open sores or something yeah, that, open like, sores were oozing and all these yeah details. which is you know scurvy you know or whatever mm -hmm. and so right. he's getting chased by oh, these like God, four so. stranded bastards <laughs> and he's just like and they're just they're just jabbering at him in Chinese, like, in Chinese. I don't know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. That might sound kind of terrifying. Huh? Oh, and this um, more took place that. in, like, 1908. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. It's a good story, know. though. Oh, the first time I ever heard about little people, they were described to me, I thought, as, like, three-foot-tall, hairy, hairy, like, hairy little demons. Um, I... I you guys know about the illustration I did in the story. Yeah. But that, that's that's how I first was introduced to little people. Um, I was in the early 70s. I was just a little kid. And uh, that was my neighbor's father, who was a commercial fisherman, who well, stopped Michael, us in the tracks, told us Michael, about. do your, your proto-pygmies, are they hairy or do they wear clothes? I don't remember. Or both. Uh, 
similar looking to like boreal sasquatch covered in fur there might be a little bit of clothing use if it is it's something that's been stolen from a camp or a dwelling not something they manufacture mm. um i know that there are lots of what people describe when they hear them it sounds like an ancient language so wow. it's almost like a you know they're communicating back and forth like you can tell you know verbs from nouns and things like this you know a structure to it um other than that i don't have too much information on it because that kind of thing doesn't get reported too often right the stuff i've heard is uh they're they're like small they're like humans but they're just very small in stature and they're super fast they're super strong like one can be a, a whole caribou on its back um I've heard that there's been some bush pilots that have seen them uh, while they're flying over, you know, an area and that they live usually like underground, like under the hills or, you know, on, in, under a mountain or something like that. Hmm. Hmm. So. All right. So uh, I grew up in North Pole, which is not, which is just outside of Fairbanks, right? Um, and I know that, I know that most people don't believe in Santa Claus, but there are um, actual sightings of Santa Claus. And, and there are some, uh, there are some commonalities within like these certain stories. So um, there's always like a, there's always a person who, who's in need of something, right? And there's a happy figure that comes to their aid. Um, and usually like upon the departure, like where they split for, for whatever that's going on, uh, the person says something or gives them something that, uh, like it, they just have some extra knowledge that's kind of inexplicable. So like I, I could give you an example, like, uh, like if there's a guy, like let's call him Tom. If, if Tom is on a business trip and it's right before Christmas and uh, his wife is in a different city and she's pregnant and she starts going into labor and he gets his phone call and he's like, Oh man, you know, I can, I can be there. I can, I can try and get there as fast as I can. Uh, but maybe like all the flights are booked or something. And then there, there just happens to be some kind of jolly person who goes, Hey, I'm a trucker. I can give you a ride to that town. You'll be there in like three hours. And the guy's like, okay, cool. No problem. And there's really nothing eventful about the trip itself, but when the guy like drops Tom off, uh, he goes, oh, well, you know, tell uh, Anna and Jacob that I said hi. And he's like, who are you talking about? And he doesn't think anything of it. He's going inside to see his wife and uh, he gets in and his wife has already had the kids. Um, and she's like, oh, I named him Anna and Jacob, you know, it's like this weird inexplicable thing. And 
you know, maybe was that Santa? Like that's the kind of Santa stories that get reported um, hmm. when they do. They're very far and few between. And I haven't really, I hear them every once in a while and I haven't found anyone who actually collects those stories. Hmm. Uh, but I think they're kind of interesting because it's hard to say if it's like a person doing a good deed or if it's, or if it's like a Santa story. Yeah. Well, if tulpas are real, wouldn't Santa Claus be like the ultimate tulpa? Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many people believe, how many kids believe in him? I don't know. Like, do kids believe in Santa nowadays? I don't even know. Well, it's like every one of us, maybe for a split second, we did. <laughs> I, I like to think that Santa might be real. I don't. Well, we I all would. But I have an older brother, so he blew it for me before I even had a chance to even. Rob, Santa's not real. He ruined it for me. Well, part of me goes, Santa's not real. And then the other part goes, maybe. You never know. Maybe. I mean, how much much can one being do, right? Like, you can only do so much. Oh my God. I've got a Santa story. So I was in Soldatna the other day and I'm in the store and this guy walks in and he is in like the most realistic Santa Claus outfit I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it is like it on point and he's carrying um, food and a drink from Dairy Queen. And he oh. walks up to the cashier and he's like talking to her. Obviously this is her like significant other or something. And I'm waiting in line to, to check out. And I look at him and he looks at me and I go, I said, did you get my letter? And he goes, I get a lot of letters. And I said, <laughs> I said, now look, I know revenge really isn't in your, your wheelhouse, but I've been really good this year. <laughs> and he didn't laugh. Oh. <laughs> and he, he just kind of said like, oh, I get, I get a lot. Of, he goes, I get Amazon lists these days or something like that. And then he like, takes his food and goes in the back and then it was my turn to like check out. And I told the lady, I was like, I don't think Santa thought I was very funny. And she's like, he's just hungry. He just needs to eat. <laughs> he's a little sugar, a little cranky, a little angry. Oh, well, I mean, just to be fair, we do have Chris Kringle. Uh, like he, he's on the city council for North pole. Oh yeah. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's not telling us everything. Huh? <laughs> I was in, uh, well, you'd be surprised how many people don't believe that the North Pole exists. Uh, I was in the army with a guy from North Pole and he would tell stories about like when he was a kid, you know, when you had to like call and order things like, all, you know, before the internet, you had to like call a business and be like, hey, I want one of these things, send it to me. And he said they would call to order stuff and they'd start to give their address and he'd be like, North Pole, Alaska. And they'd be like, what kind of joke is this? And like hang up on them <laughs> because they didn't realize there was really a place called North Pole. <laughs> I think we had some issues like that when I was growing up. I don't know. I didn't do a lot of ordering when I was, I don't know. I I didn't order a lot of stuff when I was growing up, so. Yeah. Well, I, I was listening to a police podcast. I listened to, well, it was the Poorly Made Police Means podcast. I was on there uh, last year. 
and uh, he did a Christmas episode, and he's like, we're going to talk to somebody from the North Pole Police Department. And I'm like, oh, I wonder who it is. And I start listening, and I'm like, I don't think this person's really an a officer on the North Pole. And it ended up, it was a joke. Like, it was like a skit they were doing. Oh, and I was like, you realize there really is a North Pole Police Department. Like, And I know some of those dudes. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> All right, guys. We're at about an hour and a half. Anybody else got anything? I think I'm about ready to call it. <laughs> No, I got. I had Banjo was here trying to say hi to everybody for a second there, so you might have saw him. But oh, he says Merry Banjo. Christmas. <laughs> he was here. Now he's laying down. Of course, he was bumping my mic, and he wants to go outside. Well, you better take that puppy outside. Yeah. Norm, you got anything you want to promote or tell the people about? Yeah. Norm abides. Rob Roy? Uh, no, not. I just want to say hi, and it's good to see everybody. Maybe and, come to the Bigfoot Art Gallery in Palmer, Alaska? Yeah, come on in. It's Everybody seems to be. Boy, this week has been so busy. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm just well, you know why? Because you can't order anything and get it here on time anymore. Freaking no, post, so, postal so services. Like, but, uh, this new ground advantage stuff is just oh. ridiculous. I don't know. It's just, I, I can tell. I can tell it's Christmas. I can tell it's getting closer. It's getting busy. It's like a revolving door right now. So it's good. It's a good busy, you know. It's nice to see. Hey. But, um, uh, I registered for the uh, Golden Heart Classic uh, Bodybuilding Show, which is going to be up oh, here in Fairbanks. Wow. Uh, at the end of September, it's with the IPL, which is the International Physique League. So I know it's not cryptid related, but I'm pretty proud of myself. So well, if you want to, if you want to train, you can come down here and shovel my deck. Right. I was going to say there's plenty <laughs> I just, of opportunities. I just shoveled half of a deck today. So. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. And then I also hit the gym this morning. So. Oh wow! Well, nice. Michael Thompson, the Sasquatch tracker. Uh, nothing to report from Toke. We had several. Christmas bazaars. I uh, like to go to those and talk about Sasquatch with people and also sell, you know, little trinkets and things like that. Very successful. So I'd like to thank uh, all the community members at Tope for their support on that. And just to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Awesome. Very good. Hey, uh, Jesse, is, um, is there still Boreal Bigfoot Expo gear available on the website? Can you still order stuff from there? Um, yeah, you can go on there and order from the online shop. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I was thinking the other day I was, what was I doing? I was doing something and I was like, you need to, you know, like support the, these expos. And I, I couldn't remember if there was still swag available or not. So I, I didn't, I didn't mention it, but yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. We're not having one in 2024, but who knows in 2025, uh, maybe we'll have another one. Uh, so if you want to kind of jumpstart on that and help support it, you can, go over there and buy some swag for the Boreal Bigfoot Expo. Uh, you can go to, if you want to support me and my endeavors, you can go to the lastquatchpodcast.com website. You can go to the store, buy yourself something nice, buy one of my books. I'll autograph it for you. And also pick those up on Amazon. And the and, Bigfoot uh, Art Gallery. And the Bigfoot Art Gallery. Yeah, if you want to there. pick one up in person. Yeah. 
in Palmer, Alaska. Uh, and we are the Boreal Bigfoot Research Group. This is the Alaska Watch Podcast. I'm Beans Baxter, your host. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you we uh, informed and entertained you with our talk. And uh, look for us on here again sometime soon with some more interesting Alaska encrypted stuff. Thank you so much for watching. Goodbye and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.